welcome to another episode of my little podcast. It's your boy Ish. KB, what up with it? Nah, shit, man. How's your wellness? Your your weekend wellness and shit, man. It's it's been good, man. It's been good. I'm back in back in at it. You back on the bike? No, I well, no, nah, I ain't backing at it on the bike yet. But I've been hitting that gym though. Um, also, big shout out, um, shout out my brother, uh, our brother, Fahim Curtis, uh, professor of Sinclair, but also workout extraordinaire, uh, partner of the year, man. He been he been helping me out, man. This past week, get me back acclimated to the gym life. Yeah. Um, what you uh, get yourself on, yeah. on a one to ten? Special shout out. Um, one to ten. I'm gonna give myself a. Uh, I'm gonna say a nine, bro. I'm gonna say a nine. I think like I've been doing real good. Um, I just want to say nine. It ain't a ten to me, but it's it's a real good nine because I did everything right for real. So I'm I'm happy. I feel a lot better this week than the last week and the week before. Yeah, I say I'm like a seven. My diet been cool. My money been cool. I ain't been wasting the money on food for real. Um, it's just the workouts. Last two days, I just ain't been feeling it, man. I don't know what it is. I'm just over it, low key. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I've been getting in these getting these juices in for sure. I fuck with these uh little cold press juices. I normally do one with like some fruit for like breakfast or some shit, but these motherfuckers been all right though. The ones from uh, Whole Foods and uh, Fresh uh, Time. Uh, the ones I've been drinking like the last couple of days, I copped a bunch from Kroger. They have a couple different brands, and they good as fuck. This one right now is a beet juice one, but it's beet, carrot, cucumber, pineapple, lemon with corn, silk, tea, and ginger. It's cool. That motherfucking that beet you, juice a little heavy, but what's it called again? I ain't seen it. The brand is Suja, Suja Organic. Okay, bet. Shout out, y'all. Shit. Organic, vegan, no preservatives, no added flavors. 97% juice and shit. Expired three days from now? No. <laughs> Probably for real though. That'd be nah, it. it's like three months. <laughs> three months, Two that months. ain't bad. Yeah, I bought it October, well, August something. The date October twelfth. So, I mean, but it's better though. Like, I'll go in the fridge. My mom, you know, bless her heart, she know how much I love fucking ginger ale. So she always keeps some ginger ale in the house. But she don't be realizing. Like, I'm trying not to drink that shit. So well, now that's facts, about ten instead of grabbing I'll a soda, I just grab one of these juices and I'll be cool. Yep. Now that's what's up. That's what's up for real. But the biggest news, man, since we since we rap for sure, is the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Uh, he passed away. What was that Friday? Right. Uh, uh, I want to say it was like it was a weekend. It was like a Saturday, wasn't it? Saturday, Sunday. I just remember waking uh, up being the weekend no, saying, Friday. "Bro, what?" Oh, Friday night. Yeah. Oh you yeah. Know, okay. Yeah. My bad. I fell asleep. Yeah. And woke up I was too. actually uh, headed out. We actually, me and Billy, me Billy and his sister, we all went to grab some drinks. <clears throat> um, wow. At Friday. Wow, 
Thank you for the invite. Nigga, you wasn't coming all the way out here. Nah, I wasn't coming out here for no drinks, man. But uh, we left there, and as we were heading to, we went over to Black Rock to link up with Jay Hick for his birthday. The Black what? Black Rock. It's this restaurant out in Beaver Creek where you pay hella money to cook your own food, but people say it's good. Uh, so it's like, uh, it's almost like fucking uh, uh, Mongolian Grill? Nah, they bring it out to you on this, I guess, uh, the Black Rock. It's like this hot-ass Black Rock that it cooks the shit for you right there. And then I guess you just cook it as much as you want. But, you know. Boy. That's the money bag dinner spot. You feel me? I heard it's just, expensive. Just imagine us coming up with that idea. Like, bruh, we we getting paid for y'all to cook y'all own food. So we getting paid ingredients. Plus, we not even paying the chef for real because you right. doing it yourself. We got like an expert well, you know, that still, oversees it. They still got to make the uh the sides and shit, you know? Okay. Uh, uh, nah, man, you doing all that. Do the sides, too. But everybody says it's good, but we were heading in there, and I got out the car, and uh, Renard sent me a message, actually, like, Black Panther died. I'm like, like yeah. when he said it, I knew what he meant, but I'm like, it ain't no way he meant that. So mm-hmm. I'm like, nigga, what? He said, yeah, he died, and he sent me the, the shit. And then literally, I got on social media, and that shit was just like, every post was his picture r.i.p his picture i'm like what the fuck mm-hmm. um passed away from colon cancer he was diagnosed in 2016 and just like the shit he was able to do man in that time is just and that was that was stage three by the way too that wasn't no easy uh, that wasn't no easy that was stage three in the beginning of him finding out yeah, he found yeah, he found out at stage three. That's crazy. Um, it's it's just crazy. Like like I don't know, like still to this day I can't, can't fathom it. words like yeah what happened. Like, you know, like the fact that this man just made one of the biggest, like top ten highest grossing box office movies ever. Centered around a black character. That's just Black Panther. You know what I'm saying? But he's played Thurgood Marshall. He's played Jackie Robinson. Um, he's played was that I feel sus for not knowing this. It was James Brown, not Little Richard. Like, he's played like everything. And he still has a movie to come out with uh, Viola Davis, a movie called Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And it's just like, you know, to have done six or seven movies with a cancer diagnosis. He did the Thurgood Marshall movie. Um, Yeah, it was James Brown. He played Jackie Robinson, James Brown. Then he went to do Thurgood Marshall's movie, Marshall. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Black Panther, of course. That includes Endgame and Infinity War. Um, 21 Bridges. And then he recently just played in The Five Bloods. 
um, which is like Black Panther and the Five Bloods are like two Loki, like prophetic roles for him to play. One, Black Panther would have just did for Black people all around the world, like period. I mean, there's even the, the bro. We experienced that movie together, man. And like, it was I like- saw, I saw Black Panther literally five times, bro. I went to see that shit physically five times. I fucking bought a ticket one day just because I was like thinking about the movie and just how like happy that movie made me, bro. I just bought a fucking ticket to see it, and I didn't even go to the movies. Like I was sitting at work, and I was just thinking about like how good the movie was and how just important the movie was. Not just bought a ticket, like fuck it, y'all can have my little twelve dollars again. Like take the shit. Like I spent basically over a hundred dollars seeing that movie, which ain't a lot in compared to the billions it made. But I personally spent a hundred dollars to go see that shit. I got fucking action figures from that shit, fucking pins from my jacket from that shit, fucking little desk toys from that shit. Like Black Panther really was my shit. When it went on Netflix, I literally watched Black Panther every night, bro, for like two months straight. I would get in bed and just be like, I'll put Black Panther on. And like, it was just good every time. Like, I ain't, I mean, of course, I ain't stay up and watch it every time. But like, you know what I'm saying? Just seeing that every night before a nigga went to sleep. It was like being a little kid again and turning on fucking like Toonami and fucking Dragon Ball Z on. But, we got you know our reaction to the first time watching it on uh, the group chat episode. Yeah. And then it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like turning on Toonami, you watch Dragon Ball Z, but everybody, it's in Africa and everybody black. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's a vibe. I feel that. I feel where you at. I, you know what I know I'm saying? Place. It's just like that fucking, that thing that you just obsessed with. And it's just so fucking good. Like I was fucking Killmonger for Halloween that year. Like, and the only reason I was Killmonger and not fucking T'Challa was because they ran out of fucking T'Challa shit. <laughs> like, so I just had to finesse and go as Killmonger. But, like, it's just crazy to just lose somebody so sudden uh, for his team to be so solid and nothing mm-hmm. leak. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I don't know. It's just a very 2020 thing to happen. It's sad that that is actually a thing to say that everybody can understand. I wonder, I want, yeah, that's crazy, man. Like, we're going to talk about this one day. Like, there was the Great Depression, then there was 2020, you know. But um, I don't know. What what really got to me was uh, him knowing that he, like, like I, I knew that he's been doing Make-A-Wish. Um, and that's something real special to me because my cousin, um he's a make-a-wish uh child okay um he's still with us he's strong he's you know he's going um but he got to meet the voice of optimus prime out in california and ride the transformers ride with him so like that was a dope opportunity um but you know so so to put that in perspective uh the fact that he went out of his way he didn't go out of his way i don't want to say he went out of his way but he did a service for the community to put a smile on these children's, uh, on these kids' faces, um, where he knows that they're <laughs> fighting a good fight. They're fighting a good yeah. fight. Most of them tend to be on the terminal side. And I mean, it goes back to that interview when we didn't know that he had colon cancer and he was crying about the two children that didn't make it, mm-hmm. you know, to see the movie. 
the parent of one of those children on Twitter uh, retweeted the video and spoke about just like what that moment was like for real. And then mm-hmm. now for it to just, I guess you can unfortunately say come full circle and him to have succumbed to the same illness that took their child, you exactly. know, it's... And to it's know crazy. that he was fighting that and still trying to stay strong for others fighting it and not breaking, you know, not not you know crying and say hey it's me too or nah he he stays strong for the kids and just like he had to, you know and then he so how do you do that then you go home and you gotta think dang I know that they going through this it's rough and I'm going through it too but I'm gonna keep fighting because I know that they looking up to me you know like I don't know how that conversation goes at night in his head um, when that happened. But golly, man, he gone too soon, man. I, my first, my first uh, movie was uh, Forty Two. That was the first Chadwick Boseman yeah. movie for me, and that one, like when I tell you, that was like, I love that dynamic of the, you know, of a couple back then, like to be so strong for your woman, but at the same time, she's so strong for you, understanding the circumstances that y'all both face in America in them times, like. I, I looked at that as a dope foundation for an you know for like a you know dope relationship in the future like you know partners that really go hard for each other. Yeah. Um, every character he plays, you don't see Chadwick Boseman. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. see him and you know you see him in all the roles, but it's just like I believe it every time I see a, a role with him in it. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like he's. You know, it was the joke of like, oh, is Chadwick Boseman gonna play every black famous black person? But like, that's exactly what you said. It really could have. It's not <laughs> about it being like Chadwick Boseman. It's about the role and how he can <clears throat> fill that role so well. And it was just like, you know, for somebody to play Jackie Robinson, James Brown, and Thurgood Marshall, you gotta be a talented motherfucker. Like, those is not three just famous black people. Those are three important people in history of this country, period. Like, mm-hmm. Jackie Robinson integrated baseball, which is, like, the most boring sport, but, like, damn near the highest paid sport. Uh, James Brown is one of the architects of fucking rock and roll. Um, Thurgood Marshall did so much being the first black Supreme Court justice and just, you know, being a presiding over some landmark cases like to do that and then to create history with the character of T'Challa it's just like this man was really blessed for real like and you know he gave it he gave that shit to us like you know what I'm saying and it's it's crazy to just think about everything that's like happened you know what I'm saying these last couple years and the roles he's played and it's just everything he's done for to lose him like this so suddenly I mean I don't know if it would have made it any better if we knew I mean it wasn't our business to know um I do remember back in February when he was doing the Kobe tribute which is crazy um you know what I'm saying we lost Kobe this year too um mm-hmm. but he was looking sick like he was super like obviously super skinny and i'm thinking like you know what movie is this i'm thinking maybe this is like the leftover from the role that he did with spike lee in the five bloods and you know i had no idea i mean he looks sick but you know who knows what 
character like actors and actresses go above and beyond for the roles they play. So we all see the picture of fucking 50 Cent where he looks like one of the zombies off of uh, I Am Legend because he lost all that weight to play that role for that movie. So you never know. And I didn't... I've been seeing a lot of people saying like, oh, y'all fucked up. Y'all was talking about him. Y'all ain't know he was sick, blah, blah, blah. Again, like, as I continue to say, I don't remember stuff like that. And it's probably just because I don't follow the people who say shit like that or think certain ways. Like I've done such a good job filtering out my social media that I only see the shit that I want to see. Now I do see sh- dumb shit sometimes. Cause y'all be posting dumb shit. Some people <laughs> and y'all be doing TikToks and shit. And that's just stupid. But I don't, I didn't see people calling him back then when that, the skinny pictures came out, calling him crack Panther and saying like all this stuff about him being sick. I don't him, remember like, that. Drugs and shit. That's what I'm saying. Like I didn't see that shit. Not I think it's just because like we can't let certain shit permeate in our culture, but mm-hmm. you know it have it have to start somewhere else, and then we'd have to say, "Ha ha, that's funny," but nah, not that yeah. one. That ain't a joke. Um, that would have slid. And then the roles, the two roles he played, Black Panther and this role, um, in the Five Bloods, where he played uh, Storm and Norman. Um, mm. it's crazy because like all three deal with like legacy and life and like past, present and future. Like Black Panther, it was, you know, the sovereign nation of Wakanda, them doing everything to stay a hidden a hidden nation, you know, not knowing that they were sitting on a fucking gold mine. Um and then it's like, you know, the 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 thing was like dealing with his father's past as far as killing his uncle and it raising Killmonger to be who he was and T'Challa's understanding of we have to do what we do for our country to protect who we are, our vision, control our narrative, all this stuff. But then in the interaction with T'Challa, it birthed like a new, broader understanding and openness to consider what the future could be if they become, you know, become the world power that they are. Um, mm-hmm. And then in The Five Bloods, the role that he plays, it's about five men who were in the army, essentially, and he was lost at war. Um, and it's about the other four members dealing with that loss and overcoming everything that the war put them through as soldiers, the war put them through as black men, America put them through as black men as, as soldiers, um, overcoming that and just like recon- like reconciling and just moving forward and growing from it. And both of it, both of those things are like, are just like literally he personified both of those things in his battle. Like, you know, Everybody who knew him before Black Panther talks about just the promise that existed in Chadwick Boseman, um, the talent that existed in him, the charisma that existed in him. Um, You know, that was his past. And the role of Black Panther was like very now. Like, yeah, he did all those other things, but Black Panther was like his role. It was his story. It was his moment. It was like his just, you know, now in the forefront. Um, But making Black Panther possible and knowing what he went through through these last couple months, um, 
I don't know, man. I just feel like, much like Kobe death, I feel like this death also is going to, like, change the world for real. Like, you know, it's no way you can't look at this and and then make you think. I mean, even LeBron said it. Like, we lost 2020. We lost the Black Mamba and the Black Panther. Like, it's been a shitty year. But the mm-hmm. one thing, but it's like, it's things to learn from both of these losses. Like, with Kobe, like, he was obsessed. Uh, he had a healthy obsession with basketball, a healthy obsession with work ethic. And underneath all that, on top of all that, was a love for his family, which is why he was so into helicopters anyway. He was like, if I'm going to be at practice all the time, I cannot be sitting in traffic taking away time from my wife and my daughters. That Mm -hmm. was the reason that he was so into helicopters. And from his death, we learned just, you know, you never know what could happen. You know, riding in helicopters for him was probably the equivalent of of us getting in a car and driving down the street. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, something so routine, so mundane, and you lose your life that way. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, because we know he prided himself with his family. I'll tell you that there's probably people that live a long life that don't get that much time with their family like Kobe may have in his period of time. You know what I'm saying? Like, all them little times add up. Yeah, he might have been on the road, but they they was close. Yeah, and then in losing uh, the Black Panther and losing Chadwick Boseman, you know, he knew what he was facing. You know, to find out you have any type of cancer at stage three isn't a small thing. Yeah. Um, but despite that, to complete all these great projects, to have donated all this money to HBCUs and prided himself on being an HBCU graduate and you know, just being the man he was, completing all those assignments despite what he was facing personally, you know, to never give us that, to always give us, like, the big laugh that he had, like, to just continue to have always have been him through everything, you know. It just taught us despite what you face him, man, you just got to work, you got to grind, you got to continue to go get it because when the time comes – you know, whether it's it's as abrupt as Kobe's situation or as long and like a long battle as Chadwick's situation, like at the end of the day, when you're able to look back and see what you did, you don't want to have no regrets. You don't want to have no, I wish I did this or I wish I went about it this way. You just want to have have, you know, let the work you left behind tell your story for real. He did that. And it's been shaping a lot of the ways I've been thinking about life and what I'm trying to do in general lately. And I don't know, man. Those are just huge shoes to fill. Not only as, like, actors and what they decided to do with Black Panther, but just that's some huge shoes to fill just as a Black man. Like, to lose these great Black men, not even to get to the Eric Garners and the you know, George Floyd's and all these people or the, even the women, Breonna Taylor and stuff. When you lose, like, great people like this, it really makes you look at your life and just see, like, what can you do better to be better for yourself, for your family, for your community, for real. Right. And it's, it's, that shit is crazy, man. That shit daunting. And it's just crazy to see, like, 
you know, nobody knew. Ryan Coogler didn't know. His co-stars didn't know. You know what I'm saying? It's probably just him, his wife, and his kids. Probably the only people that know um, or that knew. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, man. man. I, just, I don't know too much. I don't know too much about him personally. Um, I sent you a couple screenshots from, um, so that's like my uncle through marriage. Um, so, he he basically told me, this was right after Black Panther. He's like, yeah, man, we went to the same high school. You know, they went, they graduated class of uh, 95 out there in uh, South Carolina. And he just yeah. said how he was just such a humble dude. He was just a, a dope, humble dude. And, um, you know, which, you know, I don't know, just he wasn't one to boast. You know, he wasn't one to, you know, he, he always came back to the hometown, but it wasn't, you know, hey, I'm popping bottles. Hey, I got a party going on tonight. It was, you know, come through, see the people he loved, and he bounced right back out and do his work. Um so, I mean, it doesn't surprise me, you know, like that he would go out there and do like a, I don't want to say like a, whoa, it's me, but put it out there in the universe. Hey, by the way, I got stage three or stage four, you know, um, I don't know, man. It's just, you know, so I know that that, uh, that affected him, you know, my, you know, uncle through marriage, um, it affected him a lot. And, um, uh, it's just it's just crazy you know what i mean like people that chad is a person just like us we all go through these same everyday struggles in this world you know what i'm saying um right. but it's all you just got to put that work in sometimes it's going to be a hurdle but you got to push through if he would have sat there knowing he has stage three and did the movies that he done all set well you said seven of them right yeah. within that period of time like he had an excuse to say I don't feel like, you know, I got chemo today or whatever the case. I don't feel like, you know, going through the uh, cold reads today. I don't feel like shooting today. He got up every day and he was strong about it. He just kept on pushing through. He kept a smile on through the pain. And I'm not saying because, I mean, we always say that, you know, black men, we don't express our emotions enough, Um, you know, because through culture, we're always taught just man up and do it. Um, but it's just like, dang, man, like it really lets you know, like you can really live life with no excuses to the fullest. It don't take no special sauce. It don't take no, it just take hard work, persistence and believing in what you want to do. And you just got to overcome them obstacles and objectives that come in your way. Yeah. It's sad, man. So it's a big loss in 2020. Godly, you just been real, real crazy with us, man. It don't make no sense, man. Like it don't make no sense at all. I don't know. It's just I don't. Know, it's just some crazy shit to think about. Like you know, just people. The one thing I did remember, dumb shit I saw. I saw people back when Kobe passed. Like the whole y'all crying over this man. Like he y'all brother. Or he y'all dad. Or he's y'all whatever. And you know. It's just crazy that some people don't realize what impact means, like how you can impact. You know what I'm saying? You can have an impact on somebody, on your coworker's life forever. You know what I'm saying? But people like Kobe, people like Chadwick, people like Nipsey, shit. George Floyd, unfortunately, you know, his loss of life, Breonna Taylor, her loss of life are things Mm -hmm. that have impacted the world, impacted the country. 
you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I'm happy when I see people getting the love they deserve in life or death because you really don't know how you can change anything for somebody. Um, yeah, it's really just crazy as fuck. Um, it's just so crazy to like Black Panther, like, wow. And everybody's talking about like what to do next. Like, how do they continue the films? How do they continue the movies and stuff? I mean, honestly, what you think about it? So if nobody knew, then yeah, that's probably a big conversation. But if there might have been like a couple people that might have known. I don't think nobody knew. You know what I'm saying? If if Ryan Coogler didn't know, I don't think nobody knew. Yeah. Facts. Facts. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because they were, as the most recent information I had as far as Black Panther, they were in the writing phases of it now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think nobody knew at all. It really doesn't seem like nobody knew. Um, and it's just like, you know, I read comic books and shit. And it's been, everybody's been posting about it, how, you know, in the comic books, eventually, sure, he does become the Black Panther. Um I feel like that's the route that they're gonna have to take in this new movie, and because don't it usually go down from from father to son, right? So like this would be like a hmm, how does it go? Um, so basically, what they would have to do is they're gonna have to do some some way somehow they're gonna have to address his death. I don't know if it's gonna be if the movie opens up at the funeral for T'Challa because. What ha- whatever happens, um, however they spin it, the only way that they can make make it make any sense, I guess, is if they use the Infinity Stones, go back in time. Either they use the Infinity Stones, bring Killmonger back to life, or go back to a different timeline where Killmonger exists, and for whatever reason, he's the Black Panther in that time, and they have him come to what would be considered today train Shuri as a warrior, you know, give her the understanding of what it means to be Black Panther. Um, The only thing that makes it kind of hard is like, it'll almost be the same story as the first movie. Mm -hmm. As far as like, you know, the learning to become the hero, even though T'Challa was the hero, but the whole redemption story of him being stripped of the powers and losing the fight to Killmonger and stuff. Um, Train her as a warrior. You know, she's already smart. She's as smart, if not smarter than Iron Man, already as it is. Um, Mm, Facts. So, you know, train alongside. Or they can even do it. She just trains alongside um, the Dora Milaje and Okoye, teaching her to become a warrior, and she becomes a Black Panther. And they should bring Storm into it from X-Men. And literally Wakanda, you know, basically the most powerful country in the world will be won by essentially black women. It'll be won by Storm, Okoye, Shuri. Wait, they can keep Angela Bassett. How are they going to do that? How are they going to do that? Because you just Shuri, run all this to heaven? No, they would have where, to. where does Storm fall into this? So I don't know. In the, in the comic book, Storm is married to Black Panther. Ah, okay. Storm and T'Challa are married in the in the book. Um so essentially, you know, his father died is in is in the ancestral plane now. 
And now, you know, in real life, we lost a child too. So it's literally only women left in Wakanda, honestly. It's just Angela Bassett played his mom and his sister. And then uh, Nakia what a- was Lupita, his girlfriend, and Adora Milaje. The only men left are, like, men that's up there is M'Baku and Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya's character. But... Yeah, I guess he would. I guess she would just have to be taught by, you know, the different nations how to become a warrior. It would low key be like some Avatar type shit, Avatar: The Last Airbender type shit. Like, she has all these different masters that teach her different ways and shit. I'm gonna ask you a dumb question. Does T'Challa have a son? Like, like in the comics? Uh, eventually they do have a kid. Yeah. Is the kid's name T'Challa Junior by chance? No. Well, there goes Storm and uh, Tatala Jr. getting together instead. You know what I mean? Like, not saying like incest type. Nigga, Storm, like, Storm got to be what a if, person now. I know, but what if what if they quote unquote? I don't know. I'm at this point. If, nah, it would be corny. Are they are they trying to put them two together, or is it just so gonna have to not Marvel work? Marvel owns X Men now, so they can put X Men into Marvel movies now, which is supposed to be like the next thing. I mean, the easiest way to do all of this shit. Marvel, you know what I'm saying? Y'all want to hit me up? Y'all need some help? You know, Ryan Coogler, hit me up. You feel me? We could work. The easiest way to do the whole bringing the X-Men don't into get, the hey, shit. Don't give all the sauce then if you are trying to get the endorsement and help. Nah, or I mean, give them shit. help. You know what I'm saying? Man, shit. it's Marvel, man. Them niggas is too big. I'm sure these niggas already have this. Hey, don't limit yourself. But you, 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 hey, man, you limiting yourself. I ain't limiting myself. I'm just saying they better have this idea. If not, they can pay me for it. Basically, the way to do it is, you know, it's been fucking three snaps on Earth. It was the snap that Thanos did when everybody left, the snap to bring everybody back, and then the snap to get rid of Thanos. So that much fucking... I know the people listening to this now like, what the fuck is these niggas talking about? How the fuck did we get all the way to comic books and shit? But the easiest way to do it is all that fucking cosmic energy from the fucking Infinity Stones and all these snaps... It's just too much cosmic energy, and now it's fucking mutants. So now, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It would make sense that there's mutants all around the world now. Hence why Storm is like, Storm has been, you know, living in Wakanda, one of the villages outside of Wakanda, and discovered she had powers. And shit, maybe the family, like, brings her in as a daughter to, like, raise her and some shit. You know what I'm saying? Who knows? But all I'm saying is this. The main point is that it's a situation now where Wakanda is run by women now. Um, So it'll be Shuri, Okoye, Nakia, and hopefully Storm. And then I kind of know who the villain should be. It should be Namor, which is like Marvel version of Aquaman, but he's like a Pacific Islanders kind of Asian-y kind of person. Um, but yeah, that's the only way they can do it. Um, they cannot ever be another T'Challa. Um, I don't want to see kid T'Challa. I don't want to see teenage T'Challa. I don't want to see no other T'Challa if it ain't somehow they finesse some old scenes from the first Black Panther to make him back 
it's, it's no way that they can put that man in any movies. Shit, if they really want to do a justice, they need to, Marvel need to say fuck everything, and Black Panther need to be the next and only movie that they're making for the next year to get the shit right. Um, but yeah, man. R.I.P. to Black Panther, man. R.I.P. to Chadwick Boseman. Uh, the world really did lose somebody great, and I don't know. He got it's it's a huge void left in our communities, man. So hopefully, motherfuckers start appreciating each other more. Yeah, I don't know. Life is too precious, man. We just gotta cherish it while we got it. You never yeah. know. Yeah. Um. So this made me think a little bit. Uh, about you know. 2020 is the year of loss and shit, basically. But this made me think, like, you know, there's lessons in everything. So, like, what stuff have you learned from relationships in your past? Like, the ending of relationships in your past. That there will always be a brighter tomorrow. Nigga, you corny. I mean, you, you came with a... I thought you was about to say, like... What's one thing that you learned in 2020 in regards to... Nah, fuck 2020. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, like, this year don't cherish even, life. It's, it's not It's not November. I mean, not November. It's not September 2nd, 2020. It's September 2nd. This year, I'm not fucking writing 2020 on no forms for the rest of the year. I ain't doing shit the rest of the year. Fuck 2020. 2020 is canceled, bro. Like, it's canceled. Mm-hmm. But, like, what's up? There'll probably be learned? a petition to cancel it next year. What what stuff you like learned from your relationships in the past? Like, uh, it's true. The glow up real, the glow up real man. Like, <laughs> we're not the glow up, but the uh, I, I don't know. I just always felt like I've always had uh, I understood my my standards and like I, I I only you know like like I don't I know what to I know I know red flags and I know because yeah. you know you always tell yourself dang if only I would have said something at this point you know so I feel like I've really learned red flags to where like oh yeah she like that yeah nah she, yeah nah I don't know man you know what I'm saying like I I ain't rock with that last time I had a chick like that I'm cool you know, like that's just how I mean. That's how I be feeling. Sometimes I, I just observe and be like, "Yeah, that's why. That's why not. That's why not." Because I know my worth. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like I understand my worth, and uh, not saying that I'm the the bee's knees because I'm not. I'm I ain't perfect. I'm still learning. I'm still. But true, I just know if I got someone that's willing to work, and we both. Learning and growing from each other, that's all I'm worried about. But if you're doing something and then, I, you know, it, it's a red flag or like, yeah, I don't know. That's just one thing I learned, just being open. I think out of all my relationships, if I were to just be open from the jump, things would be cool. Now, of course, you'd understand, yeah, some people ain't going, and then, yeah, it is what it is. But I don't know. That's how I feel. I just felt like, you know, the more I became more open with myself and to them, um, there was more understanding, and that's what you know. I'm happy where I'm. I'm happy. I'm good. 
Um, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. So, like I said, it was what did I say? Whatever I said was cheesy, but it was true too. Um, what did I say? Nothing, nigga. Talking okay, about perfect. some bright, bright, sunny day and shit. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I think like one of the biggest things I learned from relationships, for real, from my past relationships ending, is um, like, never, never like, you can't pour from an empty cup, man. I'm not giving more than mm. I'm getting. I'm not giving more than I'm like getting in relationships. Uh, I'm not going out going above and beyond to meet your expectations but like you know because the world tells you a lot what a man should be what a man should do what a boyfriend is what a husband is um you know there's little room for uh being a dynamic person as a black man sometimes in society um we're normally told to be one thing or we're trying so hard not to be one thing that we lose our sense of self for real. Um, and I just feel like I took that away from relationships, not because I necessarily had to change, but it's because in every relationship I became a little bit more of who I feel like I am. Um, and Part of that is figuring out what went wrong in the relationship and figuring out where you went wrong uh-huh. um, and what parts you had to do in breakups. Um, but part of it, too, is just seeing, you know, what wasn't I also what wasn't I getting as well um, that might have made my shortcomings more exposed for real. Because like. Because sometimes, like when you when you meet people, you're meeting uh, representation. What they want you to see. Yeah, you're meeting like you're meeting like a representative of of themselves. You know, they want to put their best foot forward. But as you start to you know unpack someone and get to know them and peeling layers back, you realize you're dealing with a lifelong culmination of all their past experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to have room for understanding and you also got to leave room for growth. Some people will require yeah. you to, you know, there's the whole thing about if you put a shark in a fish tank, they'll only grow. They won't outgrow the fish tank. Um, but if you put them in a the pool, they'll grow to be bigger. So right. you have to understand if your relationship is doing that as your, is your relationship strangling you to a point where you feel like you have to do x y and z you have to do one two and three to be just just to be with this person um and it's just like do you want to be an actor your whole life do you want to feel stuck in this relationship do you want to feel unfulfilled do you want to feel unhappy like you know what can you do to get everything you need out of a relationship and what are you doing to stop yourself from getting it? I don't know. It's just nah, that's some real. That's real. Yeah, I've I feel like I learned a lot of shit from my relationships ending. You know, you learn you. I mean, of course. Well, is it? Do you learn more from relationships ending than you do from being in it? I believe so, because that that's like your reflection. Like 
you play a game and then you I mean you you play in a game and then you go to you go Saturday morning and you watch film. You think yeah. you did you think you did the the greatest of jobs and don't get it twisted. You gonna point at them highlights, but you also gonna get points. I remember that night. I remember whenever I kind of shifted to the left instead. You know, you'll start playing back some moments and be like, ah, okay, got you. So next yeah. time, don't go full throttle into it. You got to, you know, take your one step, then push through so that you don't lose your balance and you don't swim move you or something. So, you know, I mean, you just kind of learn from that. And it's just like you use that same thing. Like, it's like that hindsight. Damn, if I would have just. Yeah, that's true. But the thing is, then you just do that the next time. But what we'll sometimes tend to do and what I what I, what I tended to do, what I once did um, was start brand new. Oh, this is it's OK. This is new. I'm a I'm a I'm a let it pan out the first month or two. And next thing you know, like shit just don't go the right way. You accepting shit in the beginning that you really should have never accepted. And then you sit back and be like, damn, I'm in the same predicament. Cannot, like I said, not saying I'm perfect. I could have been wrong the whole time. But I let them tell that story. You know what I'm saying? Because I I don't know. I let them tell that story. But so how yeah, do I mean so how do we change that? How do we how do you find ways to learn and grow in the relationship? I would say being open. I feel, I mean that I don't have the answers, but my one thing is if I'm telling you my thoughts, and I'm also asking you your thoughts too. Just because I give you my peace of mind of what I'm, oh, I think you don't do X, Y, Z, element O, P, but then you go and you tell me something. I'm not open enough to listen as well. You gotta be open on both sides. You know, um, you gotta give as much as you take. You got to take it. I mean, I don't want to say you got to take as much you give, but you get the point. Like, you got to be open and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. It's damn near like a therapist. Like, you just got to be open and up front because they really supposed to be there to help you. If they ain't there to help, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Shit, you open about this at that point. Okay, yeah, you know what? Man, damn, you you a dope person. I just don't see this working. And that's just how it is, because y'all y'all been open, and obviously there's still things going on where it's just like if it's easy little if it's little petty things you can fix, yeah, cool, all right, bet. But then um, I, I just say being open is key. Yeah, I'd rather be open because if you can't stand my guts and I never knew, and then one day you flip on me, I'm gonna think you crazy. I'm not gonna be like, ah, okay, yeah, maybe I didn't do X, Y, and Z. Maybe I didn't do elemental P, you know, but if I was open, that's half the battle. Now, the thing is, am I willing? So I'm open and am I willing to make change? Are you yeah. willing to make change? Am I worth you making change or are, are we worth compromising for just a smidge? You know what I'm saying? And if not, hey, look, shit, your job will tell you first. Hey, look, man, we appreciate you. Uh, man, you're a great dude. You just ain't hitting your numbers. You yeah. a great dude, but you just didn't do the dishes. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it is what it is. But if you open about it and you work towards it, uh, I used to think that working through it meant accepting people's bullshit. But no, that's not what you do. Because I accepted so much bullshit. Now, today, I don't know. But you let them tell that. 
this ain't their podcast. And if they want to, they can pull up on the show. I ain't tripping. But, you know, for the most part, everybody, you know, it's, it's you know, me and whomever was all mutual and all good. You know what I'm saying? My girl met some of my exes or know some of my exes and we all cool. I ain't saying we best friends and chop it up on Sundays, but if we see each other in person, oh, hey, 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 blah, blah, blah. I give a hug. She give her a hug, blah, blah, blah. And then we push it through and go on to our next day. Whatever we got to do. You know what I'm saying? Well, it would be weird if it was the other way around, but I haven't had to worry about that yet. So God's good. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess you just got to take inventory when you in a relationship and just make sure that y'all just, you just got to have them uncomfortable conversations like. You know it's uncomfortable, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, like tell me what I'm not doing. And it's like also being receptive of it as well. Because people will tell you, you can't take being told you're not doing something right and make it defensive. It can't turn into a battle every time. Like you really have to stop and listen and just take, you know, take the good with the bad and just understand you know, what's working, what's not working and figure out how to do better. Because a lot of times when you take the defensive posture, when somebody does tell you what you're doing wrong, it's almost as if you're saying you don't want to fix it. You don't want to change it. You don't want to do what's necessary to make it right. I just um, someone so said you that. can't you can't just, you know, you can't just always be defensive because in that moment, you're making a decision to allow that bad behavior to represent you or yeah. or be your character. You know, people make mistakes. People make mishaps. We do things sometimes not understanding why or not even knowing that we did. But when you fight the realization of what happened, you're almost saying that there's nothing wrong with it. And you just have to be just open and be fair and, you know, just shit. You got to live with the highs and the lows, man. And just be present in your relationship. Or <laughs> you can just watch the highlight tape when the shit over and realize the shit you did wrong then instead of the stuff that was happening during the relationship. But I don't know. Pick and choose, my nigga. Pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. You got anything else to hit on, man? Nah, man. Nah. That was an emotional episode, man. Yeah. Yeah, fucking bullshit. Um, yeah, some bullshit. But yeah, we can get into the playlist though, man. Remember to like, subscribe, share, rate, review my little podcast. Remember to check out our playlist, my little rap playlist, my little R and B playlist. Um, currently on Apple Music right now. Um, what you got for the R and B playlist? All right, on the R and B side of things, I'm gonna go old school. I'm going to go with one of my favorites from a kid, man. Well, not not the song, but the artist. Uh, How Did You Know It Was Me by Barry White. Okay. And then my new school is uh, I Want You Around by Snow Allegra. I don't think I that's on there, but shit, maybe. Uh, I know I chose a Snow Allegra song before. I just don't think, unless you chose it. Yeah, I don't think I chose that one yet. And if I did, just, you know what I'm saying? I got more. I got more in the arsenal. Maybe. Um, My R&B picks, uh, it's actually a Snow Electric song, too. Well, she's on the hook. Um, I'm weak. 
it's X Games, Vic Mensa, and Snow Electra, uh, Snow Allegra. Uh, then I cheated from my old school. It's not old. It's really like an interlude. It actually really is just like an intro, but I'm throwing it on here on the, oh, anyway. It's uh, Get It Myself by Drum. Uh, what you got for your rap picks? Man, for rap picks, I got Ali Boumaye, The Game, Two Chains, Rick Ross. And then, uh, man, I was helping with my gains. Uh, what was it? Monday? Two? What's today? What's today? Wednesday, yeah. Uh, that helped me with my gains. Yeah, Monday. I was getting it to that track. Pause. And then uh, No Ceilings, ASAP Fur featuring Lil Wayne and Jay Guap. Oh. Wayne, all right, it was it was an all right track, but Wayne snapped heavily. Like Ferg did his thing. Guapo, like I said, I I I couldn't, you know, I had to kind of fully say his name because I wasn't 100 percent sure what his name was. But um, no disrespect, by the way. But Ferg killed that. Guapo, it was cool, but then Wayne came through, and I was like, all right, yeah, that's a track right there. That's a track. And just because I didn't choose anything from No Silence, even though I think that Kobe is a new, well, it's not. I think it's it, it has some new adding additions to it. It's on the, the new no one Silence. that he did from uh, All Star Weekend. Yep. Um. So it's different, but it's it's still cool though. I still I still bang it. For my rap picks, um, for New School off the new the new Locks album, Living Off Experience. Uh, I'm doing Bout Shit featuring DMX. And then my old school, I'm doing YM Wasted Lil Wayne off of No Ceilings. Mm. Um, yeah, man. That was a cool. It's refreshing to hear it and not have to find on that piff to listen to it. You know what I'm right. saying? No disrespect to that piff. But until you paying my bills, I'm just saying it was refreshing to hear it on the streaming site, site a.k.a. Um, whatever y'all use, I also use title because I support black streams. But yep. Not nah, facts, but um. Although, although I will say, never mind. I'm not gonna say nothing. Support title, yes, I love it. Oh, hey, if you got title, this is a perfect reason to have title, y'all. If you got title, all them performances, y'all, all them virtual concerts through Live Nation. If you just pay your subscription to title, you straight. Where I watched Meg The Stallion and Nine Girls twerking while I was in the studio. Yeah, because I didn't pay for the got, ticket. She somehow got even more thick. Like, boy, yeah, yep, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, she I got, I got to revisit thick. that concert because I was in the studio at the time. Uh, trying to knock out some stuff for y'all, man. I got, I'm trying to knock some some stuff. Album coming soon, y'all. Um, ah, we didn't hit on that, but we are gonna hit on that a later day. Um, in regards to that album listening party. Because, boy, you heard a song that was surprising. We'll talk more about that one soon. Um, but then Lil Uzi did his, too. So I need to watch the Uzi concert and that one. They oh, both yeah, on title right now. I ain't heard nobody talking about Uzi shit, though. But Bro, I, heard, <laughs> I heard Uzi said, hey, I ain't doing another one of these motherfucking virtual shits ever again. Next time, y'all got to be in person. <laughs> right. I said, I feel it because he's one of them where you... like." I feed off the energy of the crowd. Everybody does, even in place. Whenever I did a couple uh, theater performances, 
it was never, you know, I ain't saying I did a big role or anything, but I played my part. And um, <laughs> it's a team sport, y'all listen. But nah, so whenever, like every every night, we practice this every day. We got this right as just us and our energy. But when the crowd come and like they watching, so you go from practicing something to having people watch it live, bruh, one night is dope. The next night, it don't feel the same as the night before. Then the two nights later, you're like, bro, what? Or, you know, three, you know, third night, you're like, bro, that was more banging than the. So all I'm saying is, yeah, I feel like Uzi's one of them people where, yeah, I got to have a crowd. Because even our virtual show that we had for higher learning, we still had people there. So it was not as awkward. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I couldn't look people directly in. You know, I could, you know. I usually look my, you know, look the crowd in the eyes. And I mean, I look my peoples in the eye, but, you know, I like to, you know, no disrespect to my girl. You know, I like to look, you know, look at girls and sing it. Or if my girl's there, I always look at her direction, too. So I ain't, you know what I'm saying? But I don't do the extra like whenever my girl comes to the show. So that was random just for me to say I could feel where Uzi come from for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I seen the fire virtual performance. That nigga, uh, JPEG Mafia, was fooling. He did Kerwin Frost, uh, his little telethon, his virtual telethon thing. And that nigga was fooling. It was it's weird. It's people. weird without the crowd, but that nigga ain't care. <laughs> or you couldn't tell he cared, but but yeah, man. That's like, the thing with yeah, I say even Meg, she had tons of people around her. I don't know if Uzi had more people or not. I just heard about it, See, so I but, gotta watch. But women, women yeah. like dancing in the mirror anyway, so you know it's yeah. a little different. But like, even like, cause I watch title like title concerts. Basically, y'all subscribe to title, all right? But not like, <laughs> so I heard like, so I've seen title concerts, and I mean, yeah, you hear a little bit of the crowd, but it's only a little bit because most of the feeds coming from the mic. Going directly to a thing, getting mixed, blah, 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 blah. Bam, that's how it goes out. But um, I mean, so it's no different to us as a viewer, as long, you know, as long as we see in the stage now. Like I said, Meg had like nine girls around her. So from the clip I you know, from the quick little I think one album, of them was from Ohio too. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, I think one of them was from like Columbus or since or Cleveland or something. I don't know. That's super dope. I've seen some people shouting her out, but but yeah, man, like, subscribe, share, rate, review my little podcast. Where if you listen to podcasts, uh, hit us in the email, my little podcast at gmail.com. Remember, it's little, not little. Um, <laughs> at I'm underscore the ish at Wall Street KB. Yeah, uh, at my little podcast. Oh, you already said it. Yeah, creators create, man. Today, <laughs> all day. We'll see y'all niggas next week. Yeah.